Welcome to today's issues. Join us for the next hour as we offer a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Ed Vitagliano. And welcome to today's issues. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I am joined in studio by Fred Jackson. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Ed. And Chris Woodward, news reporter for American Family News. Good morning. Good morning. So you're going to be Fred today. I am. Uh, in an hour or so, roughly an hour. Steve Jordahl will be joining us for that last leg of the show. But Chris is in to let us know so we can discuss the news. It's not just national news. We have some international news mm-hmm. uh, folks that we're following. But it is Monday, February 6th, and we are marching on towards summer, and it can't get here soon enough as far as I'm concerned, but that's just me. So, uh, all right, Chris, get us get us started. Well, uh, uh, I think it's a, a good point for us as Christians to be in prayer today for the people of Turkey and Syria, as well as the disaster relief ministries that are going to be uh, going to the region to help. And that is because a powerful 7.8 magnitude earthquake rocked wide swaths of Turkey and Syria early Monday or today, uh, toppling hundreds of buildings and killing more than 2,300 people. Hundreds were still believed to be trapped under rubble today, and the uh, toll is expected to rise as rescue workers searched mounds of wreckage in cities and towns across the area. Uh, Fred, you had mentioned how Turkey, obviously, no stranger to uh, earthquakes, uh, but they had a big one 20-some-odd years ago? 1999. Yeah, that whole area sits on some major fault lines, and uh, an earthquake in 1999 killed over 18,000 people. Uh, just as a few moments ago, uh, the death toll from uh, yesterday's earthquake had climbed to over 2,300 in that area. You know, we mentioned it was 7.8. Uh, a lot of people don't understand, uh, you know, like, for instance, there's a huge difference between 7.7 and mm. 7.8. It's it's an exponential climb in these things. Right. Uh, so we're talking dozens of buildings. If you've seen some of the video uh, out of the area this morning, dozens of buildings collapsed. I'm reading a story here from the Associated Press on our website. A hospital now that was looking after people has collapsed. Uh, so it, it is, this is a the story is a long way from over. And uh, this is going to take months for people even to begin to recover from this. But it is a horrible scene there. Um, The building standards aren't the same Mm -hmm. as we are accustomed to in many parts of the United States. New kind of engineering uh, standards that came in many years ago to build buildings, particularly San Francisco after the earthquake out there uh, back a number of years ago. They just brought in new standards on everything. But in this area of the world, um, they don't have those kinds of standards. And that's why it's just escalating the, uh, the death toll there. Yeah, that was uh, the 1906 uh, earthquake, I think, in San Francisco. Uh, and there's, you know, not, we're probably, not 1906 in San Francisco. It wasn't the uh, the big earthquake in San Francisco. I was living on the West Coast when there was a big All right, earthquake. I'm talking about the uh, there was a, wait, a wait, wait, devastating wait, wait, one in 1906. Yeah. You're talking about the one where the baseball game was going a playoff game mm-hmm. and they yeah. had the uh, 89. Yes. Yes. You're uh, both correct. <laughs> OK. And that's. That's usually the way it is. We're both right. Yeah. You know. 89 and 1906. Um, so 
the point I was I was making is that, that those kinds of earthquakes, you in in developed countries will generate the changes necessary to at least try to alleviate the amount of damage. Yeah. But you, somebody showed me a video during our story meeting this mm-hmm. morning of a building just collapsing over there in Turkey. Yeah. It's also struck uh, Syria. I think maybe you mentioned that northern Syria, uh, Chris, and that's that is just horrifying. Yeah, because I, my first reaction mm-hmm. was, were there people in there? And I, I don't know. You know, maybe they're used to when the trembling starts, they get out. But that happened quick. And last night when I first saw this story, they said there right now the the death toll was at a hundred. Mm-hmm. When I woke up this morning, it was thirteen hundred. By the time I got to work, it was sixteen hundred. Now it's twenty three hundred. You mentioned something uh, about the last big one they had in Turkey. But- 1999, 18,000 were killed in that one. That's incredible. They've already had 20 aftershocks, some of them measuring 7.5 this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that area uh, already, many, many countries are offering support, including, which I found very interesting, Israel. Oh, yeah. Israel has some expertise teams. They travel all over the world when there are earthquakes. Uh, they're very good at getting underneath the rubble yeah. and finding people. So those are stories we hope to hear eventually. You know? There's a science to that. There is. Uh, in terms of finding people, you're, you're looking for certain sounds. Yes. And uh, so and you can't just start picking stuff up because no. things can crumble back down and, yes. and crush people. Yes. I, I, it's a... Horrifying scene. Uh, please be praying, not only for the people there, but for the rescuers mm-hmm. to find the people who are Yes, trapped. I do want to mention as well, if you go to our Today's Issues Facebook page, I have posted both the uh, AP material that we have, Powerful Quake, Rocks, Turkey, and Syria. And I've also shared a link on some Associated Press video, uh, giving you a sense of uh, what's going on there in terms of the aftermath uh, there. Speaking of horrific scenes, uh, here in the United States of America... Uh, officials were working to prevent any major explosion from the smoldering wreckage of an Ohio train derailment near the Pennsylvania state line as the governor activated the Ohio National Guard to help the village where many residents had to evacuate. It's hard to describe this picture, this this image, uh, over the radio. I'll share the uh, the link here in a second on our Facebook page. But basically think of a really big action movie with a you know a terrible train explosion or something like that uh if you want to kind of have an idea of what's going on there well um, i'm looking at the picture here and all around this train track where the train has completely derailed mm-hmm. and is smoldering but everything is looks charred for about 50 yards it does. 100 yards on either side so uh, mm-hmm. so this is obviously th- they are as they they are now telling people they have to leave. Yes, telling people they have to evacuate. Uh, just uh, the environment's not very good in terms of the air quality. Um, so hopefully people will listen to the government there and uh, evacuate. Don't be too tri- prideful, as we sometimes tend to be in these uh, particular incidents. An investigation is underway, but obviously that's going to take week- days, and that's being kind. Uh, we could be talking about this for weeks to come. So uh, we do also have uh, an Associated Press article from our website afn.net on our website one other thing here and not to be mr doom and gloom but unfortunately that goes with uh uh, being a news guy sometimes uh if you are in uh texas or other parts of the southeast expect more bad weather uh this week uh this is from usa today uh you know texas and other parts of the country in the in the south in particular we've had really cold weather who hasn't right we're in the middle of winter 
Um, but there is a storm that's expected to move from Texas northeast Wednesday toward uh, Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee. It doesn't miss mention Mississippi, but obviously we're in the uh, path of the storm there. So right. that now you left the train story too quickly here. So I, I just have one question okay. before we get to the other uh, bad news that you just seem to be in a hurry to, <laughs> to spring on us here. Okay. Was were there some kind of chemicals on this train, as far as you know? Yeah. That if they exploded, could turn into poisonous gas. Yes. Or are they just worried about something just flammable that could explode? And what, what's what, what? Why are they clearing everything out for about a mile away? Yeah, hazardous materials is the okay. term used uh, on the story on our website. It's chemicals that apparently go into the making of plastic. Okay. Uh, and so it's the kind of thing that uh, you don't want to be breathing. Let's okay. Put it that way. That's, what, that's the. So the uh, that's why, yeah, they were going door to door through the weekend, encouraging people. For some reason, 500 people in this area of East Palestine, Ohio, mm-hmm. folks are folks. Yeah. You know, I'm going to. We, we see it this out. every time there's a big hurricane on the coast. There's people who go, I'm not leaving. Yeah. But anyway, uh, the National Guard has been called out this morning, and they are now telling people you have to leave. It's very interesting. Um, the engineers on this train, they have sensors. When they carry this hazardous material, right. they have uh, sensors inside the cabs of the train that tell them something is heating up. So they were able to stop this thing uh, and get it stopped and obviously get emergency people on the scene, but not in time to avoid some of the explosions. I think it was a 50-car train, and there were about five cars that really had the really bad stuff in it. Yeah. And when it reaches a certain temperature, that's when it can explode. So this was not a crash. Mm -mm. This Okay. All right. Yeah. I I misunderstood what what I've been reading. And and so far... Nobody's been killed from this. No, uh, it's fortunately more rural area, but now they want the rest of the folks to get out. Within a mile, if you're in a, within a mile of this place, get out. Mm-hmm. Ah, that poisonous gas and stuff, I don't know why you'd take a chance. No. But that's what a terrible way to die. Oh, yeah. Or yeah. you can just injure, you know, completely, permanently damage the inside of your lungs, the caustic, you know, fumes and stuff. Yeah. I don't know yeah. why people would. Uh, I'm sure they're, 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 they have places set up for them to go. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I can see where some people would say, oh, I don't have any money for a hotel, mm-hmm. uh, but they usually have places yeah. set up. Uh, Fred is correct. Five of the 10 cars were carrying something called vinyl chloride, which mm-hmm. is used to make polyvinyl chloride, hard plastic resin in a variety of plastic products. And according to the National Cancer Institute, uh, vinyl, chloride, vinyl chloride is associated with an increased risk of liver cancer and other cancers. So please, please, if you are in the area, uh, do pay attention to what you're state and local authorities are advising you to do. Okay, Chris. So now you can go to your bad news story about the weather. Uh, so what, what is this, uh, more rain or we got freezing rain? What's what's the expectation on this storm? Uh, basically, uh, severe weather, including lightning, thunderstorm and thunderstorms, and wind gusts of 50 to 60 miles per hour. Again, this is a storm that's expected to move from the Texas area uh, Wednesday toward Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi, Arkansas, and Tennessee, and then probably your neck of the woods um, come Thursday or Friday. Okay, so you were offended this morning when we had our story meeting because the news report completely left out Mississippi. Well, there is a state which has been around for a long time <laughs> called Mississippi, uh, and it's where we're located. And oftentimes, uh, just to give you a bit of context here, uh, a couple of years ago there was a, a report on one of the television weather channels, uh, and someone giving the news report or weather 
for a storm that was moving from Louisiana to Alabama. They referred to Mississippi as the landmass between Louisiana and Alabama. <laughs> and that started a chain of bitter reactions from Mississippians that we are often ignored by states. And in this particular daily briefing from USA Today, it says, quote, the storm is expected to move Wednesday toward Louisiana, Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee. Obviously, there is a state in between Louisiana and Alabama, and it's called Mississippi. It has two sets of double S's, Mississippi, uh, and therefore we are ignored once again. Now, well, now guys, it, it could be that China is in control of this storm, and it's going to kind of go over Skip over us? I, I, skip over us like a balloon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I like think people are just ignoring like, like a weather balloon? <laughs> like mean? a weather yeah. balloon. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, uh, folks, you do. If you listen to AFR, American Family Radio, for any length of time, we, we do have a network. We're in 36 or 37 states, 181 stations. But our home base is our, our flagship station is in Tupelo, Mississippi. And we have a number of stations throughout the state. And while I am... A person who is not from here. I've lived here since 1985. My wife is from here. And I'm just telling you, we do get offended. <laughs> we do get offended when we're ignored or disrespected. So When they fly right over us. Look, hey, I, speaking of weather. Yes. I am glad I was not on Mount Washington in New Hampshire. Wow. I, You know, I'm, I'm from the far, far north, Canada. And I'm used to, to a certain degree, I have lived through like minus 40, minus 50 wind chill factors. Top of Mount Washington, minus 100 and change. The regular temperature, not wind, wind chill? chill? Wind oh, chill, wind chill. Still, it doesn't I, I, I've matter. never heard of triple figures. No, I never have either. This is the, it set a record. Right. I, I mean, I just don't know. I hope nobody was up. There's a weather station on top. Have you ever been up to it's Mount a, Washington? It's a, it's a pretty – I don't know. I'm not sure about the winter time, but it's a pretty good uh, tourist destination. I've oh. been uh, – having grown up in New Hampshire, I've been to the White Mountains and Mount Washington, I'd say, a half dozen times yeah. when I was growing up. There was a natural rock formation that has since, I think, collapsed. But mm. for about a century, it was – well, probably more than a century, obviously, but – um, it was called the Old Man of the Mountain, mm-hmm. and the, the, you would look at this uh, natural rock formation, and it looked like a side view of uh, an old man, huh. and it hung out over the mountain. And uh-huh. uh, at, at some point over uh, the you know the centuries, it just collapsed of its own weight. They tried to, but so we would take school trips and go up and see the Old Man of the Mountain. My dad loved going up there, uh-huh. and um, he. Uh, uh, my dad, who has just recently passed away, uh, just uh, in his 80s, uh, 85 years old, he climbed Mount Washington. Yes. He, Holy. Oh, yeah. Now, he told the story as a cautionary tale because he went with a group with these younger folks, you know, couples and stuff, and he had to keep sitting down. But he did make it up there. Good for him. And, uh, wow. But, so – so there are people who go up there. I don't know in the wintertime if they do, but, like, there's yeah, a weather they, station. They have a weather station up there. And I can just imagine some young buck just out of meteorological school. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's taking some PTO today. <laughs> yes, that's right, if he made it. Yeah. I do also uh, want to make people aware, for, for those out there unaware that Mississippi is a state, um, <laughs> we do have a mountain. Uh, it's called Woodall Mountain, and it's we in Dishmingo uh, County. We do. <laughs> So uh, now we're we're joking. No, we I mean uh, no. I, I, yeah. I, I, I'm I'm joking. Oh, okay. When when I when I kind of talk about this here, 
uh, because you can call you can most people can call anything a mountain. Yes, but there's an actual geological or some sort of scientific process by which they decide what's a hill and what's a mountain. Yeah. So this is actually mountain status. Uh, it is considered a mountain. Woodall Mountain, uh, located in lovely Tishomingo County in the northeastern part of the state of Mississippi, which is between Louisiana and Alabama. That He's not bitter. He's, He's not, not bitter. I'm much, I've never seen Chris this angry. <laughs> Very mild-mannered. I will not be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, I was, trying to, yeah, I was trying to find a way to segue away from being Mr. Doom and Gloom to uh, in other news. All right. so um, Mr. Happy Feet. Do you want to do balloon or do you want to save that for after the break? Well, well, we got let's go. Let's go all right. with the balloon. All right. Balloon. Uh, as far as the balloon goes, it was shot down uh, over the coast uh, or off the coast of South Carolina over the weekend. And this, of course, is after days of it flying over the United States of America. It's the Chinese spy balloon. China has claimed for several days now it was a weather balloon. It wasn't doing anything, uh, you know, horrible or bad or anything like that. The U.S. government says otherwise. It was a spy balloon and in, uh, obtained in, you know intelligence gathering equipment and information. It might have flown or it reportedly did fly over um, things like our missile silos in Montana. And so it's flying over the United States. And finally, over the weekend, it gets shot down off the coast of South Carolina. And a number of people are weighing in, and understandably so, I've got a lot of clips here. Let's do this one. Uh, it's Congressman Tim Burkett of Tennessee talking about the balloon situation. Clip one. This is clearly an attempt by the Chinese to flex some muscle. And we are wincing. We are in the corner scared right now. And it sends a clear message, I think, that the, that the American public should note that, that our leadership is very weak. Mm. Well, well, yeah. Go ahead, Fred. A lot of people were scratching their head when this story broke on Friday, and, and it was laughable. Everybody dismissed the Chinese said, "Oh, it's a weather balloon." No, it's not. Right. Uh, that that was obvious, and the Pentagon uh, did confirm that right away. But the big debate, which continues today, is why didn't the United States elect to shoot the thing down when it was over Montana? Initially, they said, "Well, it might hurt some people." Well, there's a big area of Montana where. Ain't nobody living there. Right. So why not bring it down then? And But instead, they allowed that this thing to continue on. It clipped a bit of Idaho. Come up through the Aleutians first. Right. Went up into Alaska, came down over Canada. Canada didn't seem to mind. And then they caught a little bit of Idaho and then over Montana. And then it started to dip down to where we have like a B-2 bomber uh base in yeah. Oklahoma, I believe it is, and then across. So it was able to take pictures of some major military establishments. Uh, and the Chinese, you know, were saying, you know, ought not to do this, this kind of thing. Apparently, there was a debate. Uh, we are told the president said, shoot the thing down over Montana, but he was told by his military officials, General Milley and some others, uh, no, 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 wait until we get it over the coast. Uh, it'll be debated, but I think, you know, the Chinese have probably done this before. One of the things that came out of the administration was, hey, when Trump was president, mm -hmm. they did the same thing. That is being disputed by Trump's people. Yeah. All right. First of all, whether, whether it happened during the Trump administration or not, I, like you said, that'll be discussed. I don't really care one way or the other about that, except that if the claim is that this, if, if this is accepted that this is a weather balloon, 
Then are you trying to tell me that the Chinese regularly lose weather balloons and it happened three times during the Trump administration? I'm not buying that. My biggest concern, I'm not an expert on these matters, so I could certainly stand to be corrected on this. My belief is that the Chinese do not need a balloon to spy. I'm assuming they have satellites mm-hmm. that can do a better job looking down at our bomber bases and our nuclear silo, ICBM silos, all that kind of thing, and do a better job than something in a balloon. My biggest concern with this, and they had a little bit of conspiracy coming out, is that they were using a balloon because one of the concerns I have heard about is that if North Korea ever attached an EMP device Mm. or a nuclear weapon that would be exploded and used as an EMP device, they could put it in a balloon. Yeah. And as it drifts, then they detonate it over the central part of the United States and the resulting EMP would put us back into the dark ages. And that this is a like a trial run. They're just trying to figure out how the wind patterns work and what our response is to having such a balloon come over. Now, obviously, if they wanted to start a war, you could certainly launch a missile and accomplish the same thing. But uh, that was my concern is oh. that this was a test run for something, perhaps even releasing some sort of biological weapon. Oh. All right. The Chinese, I don't I don't trust the communist Chinese. I think they would have no problem trying to wipe out this country uh, because we're the one thing standing in their way, at least in the Western Pacific, of being the dominant force. So that's the way I looked at it. Uh, I'm glad we shot it down. We should have shot it down a lot sooner, Mm -hmm. and we should have let them know if this did happen three times under the Trump administration, and that's the Biden administration's defense for them letting this thing sail across the country. If this has happened before – they should have shot it down yeah. to, uh, before the thing ever got over the continental United States. Yeah. I agree. That's my that's my two cents. Yeah. Well, I do want to mention this. Uh, Jenna Ellis, who now hosts our morning show from 7 to 8 a.m. Central, she had Senator Eric Schmidt on today from Missouri, and they talked about whether or not Biden's balloon response or lack thereof is impeachable, clip two. With your investigation and even uh, with what you acknowledge is going on now, which is a dereliction of duty, do you believe that from what we know now or what your investigation may yield, this is an impeachable offense? I mean, it could be. I mean, I think we need to know when did he know and what did he know and when did he know it? There's a lot of things, but um, that, that again, this is what investigations are for, right? I will include a link to Jenna's podcast so you can hear more of this conversation on our Facebook page. Who was uh, this she was interviewing? It was Senator Eric Schmidt, the new senator Republican from the great state of Missouri. My my personal opinion is I, I don't want I don't want either political party to continue using impeachment as a political weapon. Uh, if if this if this turns out to be a real boneheaded move on the part of the Biden administration, there's a political price to pay for that. I don't, I mean, my personal opinion is you don't threaten impeachment every time someone, president, does something that you politically disagree with. To me, it, it should be like it, like the Constitution says, high crimes and misdemeanors. You, you break certain laws and do something certainly criminal, uh, then that's what impeachment is for. But um, I certainly respect 
senator's opinion. That is that is his opinion to hold. So, all right, folks, you are listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. By the way, check out the app for AFR. Just go and download the app onto your uh, smartphone or other portable devices, and you can listen to AFR anywhere you have a good signal. Well, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, more news and information from a Christian Christian perspective. We hope you'll join us. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA upholds the truth that all human beings, including the unborn, are created in the image of God and are worthy of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. Hello, everyone. Tim Wildman. An update on our spiritual heritage tours in June and September. We're over halfway full. In fact, I think we'll probably be full in March sometime. Uh, The likelihood is great. So if you want to go with us on our spiritual heritage tour this year in June or September to Washington, D.C. and Mount Vernon, the home of George Washington, You need to go and visit our website so you can see the dates, the itinerary, the cost, everything you need to know at spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Now, in September, we're also going to Colonial Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. So uh, we're going to do that trip in addition to the D.C. trip. So check it all out, June and September. Stephen McDowell, the Providence Foundation, will be with us. Go to the website, spiritualheritagetours.com, spiritualheritagetours.com. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach... I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. There is a missing man table at Naval Air Facility at Sugi in Japan. The POW MIA table is a tradition often found in military dining halls honoring missing service members and prisoners of war. According to Navy instruction, the table settings must include certain symbolic items like an empty chair and a single rose. The table also includes a Bible, and that has apparently triggered a number of sailors. The Military Religious Freedom Foundation fired off a letter to the base commander demanding the Bible be removed. The MRFF claims to represent thousands of Christian service members who allegedly get triggered by public displays of their own faith. They say the inclusion of a Bible excludes any sailor who is not white, straight, or of the Christian faith. The military says they're investigating. To remove the Bible is to desecrate the missing man table. That cannot and must not happen, but it probably will, because there's no room at the table in President Biden's Pentagon for people of faith. I'm Todd Starnes. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. Jeremiah 29:13. American Family Radio. This is today's issues. Email your comments to comments at afr.net. 
past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. And welcome back. Ed Vitagliano sitting in for Tim Wildman this week. I'm joined in studio by Fred Jackson and Chris Woodward. By the way, comments at AFR.net is for encouraging comments only. Constructive criticism, Tuesdays and Thursdays, we'll look at those. But if it's uh, if it's destructive comments and criticisms, we don't look at it. Uh, and you're just wasting your breath, folks. We, we want good news only here. Uh, pat on the back. And um, I think Chris said some, we had somebody on Facebook complaining because we're covering the weather. I'm just telling you, there are people who gripe about anything. Yes. And so, <laughs> by the way, it's currently we lo- we love all degrees our- in Tupelo, Mississippi. Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Precipitation is 1%. What's the corn, what's the corn crop going to be doing? Corn oh, futures. Hold on. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Doug. No, I'm looking it up. <laughs> okay. Good. He's our Les Nesmith. I did go to an A&M University, <laughs> Les- okay? Les Nesmith. Yes. A WKRP in Cincinnati. Somebody... <laughs> Les has to have a job somewhere. That's so. right. All right, so so tell me, what's what what's a bushel of corn going for nowadays? <laughs> uh, well, sites, as is the case with any website, you're going to get uh, different opinions. So do uh, do check more than one thing here. But I'm looking uh, something ended with a fractional two and one fourth cent gain. <laughs> ah, now I'm worried. <laughs> yes, that's right. All right. So a little good-natured ribber, yeah, ribbing. Yeah. I don't even. I didn't even look at the comments today, but uh, Chris did. That's so Mississippi whoever that was, a little good-natured ribbing. <laughs> you know, folks, we just like to have a little fun on this show too. So absolutely, there's enough doom and gloom. Uh, we need it. Yeah. All right, let's go. Let's Thank move. God for Joe Biden. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, speaking of Joe, um, he is going to have. He's going to deliver his State of the Union tomorrow. Uh, he's going to you know cover up all the channels uh, that cover. State of the Union addresses, and he's going to deliver uh, various things, most likely talk up his agenda. Uh, he seems to think his plans are working, and that's one reason why inflation is not as bad as it was uh, before the end of the year. Um, he's going to push his uh, energy policies. He's probably going to call lawmakers to do various things in the way of tax reform because he seems to think uh, rich people don't pay any taxes uh, and that people that work for rich people tend to pay more taxes than rich folks, and therefore we got to have more people paying their fair share and all that stuff. Uh, Senator, or rather Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the new governor from Arkansas, has been selected to give the GOP response to the State of the Union. And I've got a, a clip here um, of somebody talking about both the State of the Union as well as what he thinks we're going to get in the GOP response. What you're going to hear now is former House Speaker Newt Gingrich talking on Fox & Friends, clip six. This is a very weak administration whose primary strength is the news media and who keeps telling us things that simply aren't true. So I'm assuming that the State of the Union will be a collection of untruths uh, bound together by Democrats desperately cheering uh, in the House and Senate membership. But I think Republicans ought to feel like stay focused on solving real problems, insist on energy independence, do what it takes to close the border and control it, Remind people of how much fentanyl is coming in, how many people are dying because yeah. of the Biden open border policy. I, I think the contrast is going to be pretty stark. Well, Fred, uh, it, first of all, it, it is a shocker to me that a president would use a State of the Union address to make it look like he's doing a good job. And the people, men and women in his political party would 
cheer and clap at the right times. That That's not a shocker. But I will say this. This Biden administration has been a disaster from day one. Mm-hmm. It is one catastrophic misstep after another from his opening salvo of shutting the Keystone Pipeline and then being so condescending to those who were going to lose their job, thousands who were going to lose their jobs, saying we'll just get a just get a job in the green sector as if they can just pick up and move without a paycheck to somewhere else that uh, where they could learn a whole new trade. Just from that from that very first moment to the quote unquote weather balloon in the air, this administration has been uh, a tragedy, and yes. yet we're not going to get a a a, a, rea- a reality check from the president tomorrow night. No, Newt Gingrich said something very interesting there. He just mentioned that, you know, New, uh, the president's cheerleaders have been the mainstream media for right. the most part, which is why uh, up until just a few months ago, uh, they suddenly discovered the Hunter Biden laptop story. Right. And then, of course, they have pretty well much ignored the the border crisis. You know, despite the fact that even Democrats down on the border who live there have been telling us all the way along, even before the midterm election last year, we've got a crisis on our hands. And now, you know, the smart thing that Governor Abbott of Texas did, and to a certain extent, Governor DeSantis of Florida, they started shipping some of these illegals north right. and now like to places like New York. And uh, and so we, we've seen uh, what has happened there. I, I think... There's something very interesting. This morning when I came into work, there was a brand new uh, AP NORC poll that came out, Associated Press, NORC Center for Public Affairs. The majority, this is their headline from the Associated Press, the majority of Democrats now think one term is plenty for President Joe Biden, despite his insistence that he plans to perhaps seek re-election 24. That's according to a new poll. The research shows that just 37% of Democrats say they want him to seek a second term. That's down from 52% in the weeks before last year's midterm elections. So in the minds of Democrats, uh, you know, we talked about, you know, he's, he can't do a second term. Right. His, his mind is, is going, that sort of thing. But now Democrats, Democrats are now saying, no, we think he's a liability and he needs to go. I think uh, what's happening, they understand when they look, when they see him in a speech and he he mumbles and fumbles through it, they are worried about his age. I don't think it's it's so much policy that they're worried about. They're worried about actually worried about his age and his ability to carry out probably is one of the most difficult jobs in the world. Right. Because they're all in on the green agenda. Right, you know the Associated Press and 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 the and the the youth vote. Here's what's interesting included in there. I assume that they talked to some young people in there. The young people are all in on the Biden on the Biden radical left policy. Right, they just don't think he has the steam to keep it going for another four years after 24. So that's why I I honestly believe. I'm not sure if people have gotten in a room lately, you know, the media and others, and saying, okay, let's start a campaign against Joe. But we are starting to see this. We are starting to see the pressure for him not to run in 24. They're looking for somebody younger. Gavin Newsom's Mm -hmm. name is mentioned. I don't think they want Kamala Harris. 
They don't want her on the ticket either. So I think they want a, in their minds, I'll use their vernacular, a fresh face. Well, I think both Biden and Harris, the the, the ticket, okay, I, th- I think has fallen out of favor mm-hmm. with the left and the radical left. I think the expectation, the belief is that both of them are incompetent, mm-hmm. right? So I think, though, that the protection of the Biden administration by the media was kept uh, go. It kept going until the midterms because they did not want to begin to see the party fracture before the midterm elections. I think there was some expectation that uh, there would be a red wave. They didn't want to either see that happen or for it to get worse. And you don't want to fracture the party by beating the drum to say we need to get rid of Biden ahead of the midterms. But now that those have passed and the red wave did not occur in the way that a lot of people expected, I think you're starting to see a a slow buildup of momentum to keep Biden from running again. I was just looking at the Fox News feed on the screen in our studio just a few moments ago while you were talking. And it said 62% of voters said they would be angry if Biden won again. Yeah. All right. So that goes along with the poll numbers that you just cited. So I I think there's the expectation that Biden is – he's not competent. He cannot continue. The Democratic Party, by and large, is in love with the policies that he promotes. But they don't think, as you said, that he is the guy to carry that out. And the Democrats are going to have a big problem over the next couple of years because that fracturing is probably going to happen. The Republicans have their own problems, Mm -hmm. as we've been pointing out, with uh, former President Trump wanting to be the kind of the only one who uh, runs for the nomination of the Republican Party. And now we're starting to see others uh, maybe make the noises. So both parties are going to have to slug it out. You don't usually expect that, though, when you've got an incumbent in the White House. You usually expect that that's the person who will head your ticket the next time around. To give people an idea of how bad this is for Joe Biden on the day before he gives his State of the Union, when he wants everybody to think everything's sunshine and rainbows, when it's clearly not, uh, the Associated Press is something virtually every news outlet uses, uh, particularly small newspapers and uh, medium to small television markets. And oftentimes what they do is just rip and read from whatever the AP says. That's what ends up in the newspaper. That's what ends up on the air that the person sitting behind the desk reads out. So if somebody all across America is saying Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run in 2024, that's very damaging for the guy in the White House because everybody in America is going to see or hear that story somehow, some way today. And that is not very good for anybody, regardless of party, when when you have – Everybody hearing that version of the story. Well, Fred, everything is not going well. And and the problem for the Biden administration and the Democratic Party more broadly, but the, especially the problem for the Biden administration with if he's got the, uh, if he's of a mind to run for reelection is that the economic problems we're having at the grocery store, at the gas pump are not something you can cover up. No, nope. you can you can uh, you can sidestep to some extent, as a political issue and deflect attention away from the disaster on the border, all right, because that, for a lot of people, obviously the border states are an exception, but for a lot of people around the country, 
that's a problem that's far away. Yeah. Okay. Now, in big cities, there is some problem with the number of illegal immigrants who are there. But by and large, people can people's attention can be deflected away from that. They can their attention is not deflected, and you can't fool them if they're spending fifty percent, two hundred percent more at the grocery store and having problems putting gas in the pump. Those kind of things you can't cover that up. No, and that is the problem that the Biden administration has, I am sure, uh, tomorrow night he is going to explain how things are moving in the right direction. But until people see that in their pocketbook when they go to the store, they're not going to buy it. No. So you can say inflation's coming down some, but until until people get to the place where they're back to being able to afford to buy groceries for their family, they're not going to listen. They'll tune him out. I think another area where the Democrats and Joe Biden is a champion of this movement also is in the area of LGBTQ. Right. Uh, he keeps supporting the the transgender agenda. He even mentioned it at the what the the National, National Prayer, Prayer Breakfast. Breakfast the other. Mm-hmm. He talked about diversity. Isn't it wonderful? He thanked God for the diversity. Thank God yeah. for the diversity. Yeah. That that's an area, and I keep going back to 2021 in Virginia, when even I believe Democrat parents in Loudoun County, Virginia, said, "I'm not going to put up with the nonsense that's happening in our schools." Uh, my my kid doesn't know how to add up two plus two, right? But they're learning about transgenderism. That ain't going to help them get a job, right? So I I think on that front there is a weakness. Now you're not going to see those stories in the mainstream media. But the parents of this country are catching on that their kids are in trouble education-wise. And I think uh, even moderate parents don't like the idea of their daughters on their swim teams having to compete with a guy. Right. I mean, the, the American people aren't stupid. Right. They, they, when they hear, um, you know, some guy has a right to say, I came to school this morning and I feel like a girl, therefore I want to use the girl's washroom. Right. And the American people are saying, that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't care what political party you are. And as you're pointing out, that along with the economic issues, those are the kind of everyday things that uh, rub people the wrong way. And there's no amount of deflection. There's no amount of sleight of hand no. that's going to change people. When you're talking about feeding families, putting gas in the car, what's happening to their kids at school, mm-hmm. you're talking about the kind of meat and potato issues that drive voting. Yes. All right. So things that appear theoretical mm-hmm. to them, like the climate change debate, the, the this idea, for example, that the Biden administration has floated a trial balloon, a ch- Chinese trial balloon, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, that we're going to eliminate gas stoves yes. or severely restrict. Once you start on that kind of path, that directly affects voters, that's when you get yourself yes. in a world of hurt politically. Yes. Yep. Ain't going to happen. Right. All right, Chris, what else you got? Well, um, one of the things the Biden administration has really pushed uh, for a couple of years now has been the, uh, the need, air quotes, uh, for people to get the COVID shot. They seem to think that it's still going to combat the spread of COVID-19, which is clearly not true. Um And I've got some audio here from a couple of teachers uh, who were fired from their jobs in New York City over their refusal to take the COVID shot as a condition of employment. These young ladies, uh, Joy Newball and Cassie McFadden, 
are they were fired from their job in New York City as a teacher for refusing to take the COVID shot. And they're weighing in on news that unvaccinated migrants are allowed in New York City classrooms. Clip 10. For me, I had to think about what was going to be the best choice that supported my beliefs, that supported my convictions. And it was to allow the Department of Education to terminate me. So it was a choice between keeping my qualifications, which I knew every three years that was coming up, or being uh, pushed to choose that they were going to terminate me because I was not going to comply. I was never going to comply. So I, I had to choose to just lose my career which was very hard for me. You know, I I worked eight years tirelessly. I had built up a resume with trainings to work hard with these kids, and I had to let it all go. It's illegal, unethical, and it's insane. They're actually risking the safety of all New Yorkers. You can't have one policy for one group and another policy, policy for another group. So that really, this whole city should be in an uproar. So these are two teachers that were talking about the fact that they lost their jobs mm-hmm. because they did not get the COVID vaccine, but they were allowing unvaccinated. Uh, these are legal immigrants or just regular uh, immigrants? It's the migrants that have either found themselves in New York City or were dropped off there by governors in border states that had them transported. So these are all unvaccinated. So the, the what the second teacher was saying is you have one rule for this group, meaning the teachers, and another group, another rule for this other second group, which is the uh, undocumented, the illegal immigrants right. who are filling up the classrooms. That is correct. Uh, Fred, I, the, the, these these big cities, I'm looking at an article here on Fox News saying that migrants are leaving. This is this is mind blowing. I hope this wasn't one of your stories, Chris. I'm just tossing this in. Migrants are leaving New York City and heading north into Canada yeah. on taxpayer-funded buses because they're tired of the homelessness and drug abuse in New York City, probably the crime, too. Yes. They're they're leaving New York City because they basically feel like it's a dump. <laughs> These are illegal immigrants, many of whom come from probably poor locations in Central and South America. Yeah. And they can't stand it any longer in New York City, so they're heading to Canada. Yeah, there's an exchange program going on with Canada right now because we we had the story last week of a huge increase in the number of illegals coming in uh, through the Canadian border there in New England, and we find out they're from Guatemala. That just still amazes me that they have the money to get an airplane ticket, to get on a plane in Guatemala and fly to Canada, Mm -hmm. and yet they're coming across the border saying... We ain't got no money. We're looking for jobs. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that just boggles my mind. But here, this is the situation. The whole uh, border policy of the Biden administration is falling apart. That's the bottom line in all of this. And uh, we, despite what the mainstream media will still not talk about this, is the fentanyl aspect of this crisis. Yeah. And what it's doing to our kids. Uh, they say thousands of kids are di- in this country are dying every month because of what has happened. Tons of fentanyl coming across the border. I think what's happening is reality is catching up to uh, is catching up to the policy. And we're starting to see the negative consequences of that. So, you know, it, it is really interesting. I, I was uh, watching an interview this morning with a lady from New York 
she and her family have lived in New York for a number of years. Uh, but her, her little girl was, uh, I think it was a little girl, a little boy, was attacked by a guy in the street in New York, broad daylight. So they've moved to, uh, I think it is, uh, North Carolina. Uh, that's where they've gone. So I know Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. They moved down there and they're loving it down there. That, that is just one story of many. We have seen the out-migration from state of New York, particularly New York City, from California. Uh, they're looking for an oasis of safety, right. of more economic uh, potential in these other states. So that reality is catching on. That's why I'm, you know, I'm somewhat optimistic that there's a bit of a, I can't say a spiritual revival yet, but I believe there's a political revival going on in this country because reality is hitting uh, people in the face of what's, what, what the Biden administration has been doing. Hmm. I will say I have shared links uh, for the past couple of stories that have been mentioned thus far on our Facebook page as well as in the comments for this show. So if you visit our Facebook page, you will see a link to Migrants Abandoned New York City for Canada with taxpayer-funded bus tickets. I also just shared the link Mother Shares Experience After Moving Family from New York City to South Carolina. Whether you visit the Today's Issues Facebook page or you're watching the show on Facebook and you want to see those links, uh, check out the comments section. Chris, let our listeners know, many of our listeners know, but some don't, uh, about American Family News because we want to make sure we uh, encourage people to sign up to get news from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I want to mention, you said earlier about the Associated Press. Yes. And that a lot of uh, a lot of secondary news sources will just use verbatim what the AP puts out there. We we don't. Mm-hmm. We were we have our own uh, uh, viewpoint. Right. We will include information that the AP doesn't have, so right. on and so forth. So let our listeners know where they can go to get that uh, unwoke. I don't want to use that. That's going to be a confusing metaphor. A news from a Christian perspective. Yes, uh, you can visit our website afn.net. American Family News uh, exists in basically two functions. We have the radio side of things. That's what you hear at the top of every hour on AFR and other great stations that carry our news. Um, and then we have the print version at afn.net. Most of the stories you hear on the radio at the top of every hour end up as print articles on our website, which again is afn.net. We also have. Um, AP headlines, we've got videos, there is a political cartoon, Rusty Pugh, the legendary Rusty Pugh, uh, puts together a section every day throughout his shift, latest from the web. Uh, You can also find op-eds from a number of people whose names you would recognize, like Tony Perkins or Ben Shapiro, people like that. So AFN.net offers uh, a ton of information. Most of it is from us, but there is other material. If we get something from the Associated Press that's controversial, Fred will have myself or Steve, Chad, somebody uh, get reaction to it, and we will do the other side of the story, the angle that the AP should have covered but failed to, that kind of stuff. Uh, And we try to make it kind of a one-stop shop for you, so that way you don't have to visit a ton of websites to get information for you and your family. While you are at AFN.net, look up at the top right of the screen. There's a button called Subscribe. If you will click that and then give us your first and last name and an email address, uh, we will send you once a day a compilation of about five or six stories that our editors put together our biggest stories, things you need to know for that day, and you'll get it. We don't charge you to read our articles, Lord willing, whenever will. I certainly don't plan to go that route and 
I, I know it's frustrating when you try to go to like Wall Street Journal and they want you to pay two bucks to read their article. Behind a paywall, yeah. So we don't have a paywall, and you can get that once a day. We're not going to bombard you with emails. We're not going to ask you to donate and all this other stuff throughout the day. You'll get one email from us with a compilation of stories every day, uh, and it's all worth checking out. Uh, please print it out, share it with people, share it on social media. Okay, now, well, we don't bombard people, okay, but we do check twice a week to make sure their car warranty is up to date. No, yes. I'm just kidding. Yeah, by the way, it's funny you mentioned that, Ed, because <laughs> you and funny? your wife, I need to I need to update your policy <laughs> for my side hustle. Okay. All right. Move, let's, oh, do we have anything you can get done in 30 seconds? Well, or so? I will mention 60? this. You know, in addition to egg prices being through the roof, OJ is also going up and gas is also back on the rise. Uh, these are probably things you won't hear Joe Biden talk about in the State of the Union. Maybe Sarah Sanders will in the GOP response. I'm looking at uh, AAA's website here for gas price information. Today's national average for a gallon of regular, 347. Uh, that's up from 329 this time last month. So here we go again. Diesel customers, bless your hearts. 462, the national wow. average for diesel. And that impacts you even if you drive a car that runs on 87, 89, or 93. Diesel prices impact you. Because that's how your food and clothing gets to the store that you buy from. Well, Fred, my wife and I went, uh, this is against my better judgment, on Saturday we had to go into the big city of Tupelo from our small community where we live. And uh, we wound up at Walmart uh, to buy, you know, just to buy some things. Good grief. You know, when you don't do a lot of the shopping, my wife does the shopping, I was just stunned at how expensive things are. Oh yeah. So I do the finances at, at our house, and I do. You know, I, yeah, well, okay, let's let's kind of trim. We got to trim, you know, somewhere. And then when I, it didn't seem like we were getting that much, but it was no through the roof. I hear people talk all the time. All I had was two bags coming out yeah. of the grocery mm-hmm. store, and it cost me seventy five bucks. Yeah, I know. I'm hearing that Crazy. over and over again. Yep. All right, folks. Look, we're going to take a break for news. The aforementioned American Family News break, five minutes long. When we come back, Steve Jordahl will be in and discuss more of the news that is happening both here and abroad. And you are listening to the American Family Radio Network. This show is called Today's Issues. We hope you will join us after the break. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.